0: Good morning and welcome to the Naked Sales Guy. That's Megan. That's Matt. And this is where we give you no-nonsense sales advice to dress up your wallet. Nope. And this is where we strip away all the bullshit and give you no-nonsense sales advice to dress up your wallet.
1: There you go. Right?
0: So, first episode of the new year or second episode? Second. Second episode of the new year.
1: Somebody's got to keep track of this shit.
0: Somebody has to. Somebody's got to take care of the details.
1: Yeah. That would be me.
0: And most of you good salespeople out there know that it's not you.
1: Oh, oh! so you're saying good salespeople aren't necessarily detail-oriented
0: They, for the most part? typically don't go hand-in-hand. Hand. Not saying a good salesperson can't be detail-oriented because I've seen it, but they typically don't go hand-in-hand. Hand.
1: I think if you were detail-oriented, you would drive yourself insane.
0: I agree. And other people insane, too.
1: Yes. Okay, so today...
0: What are we talking about today?
1: This is this is interesting because typically from like our structure format, you know, there's an outline, we go over it, we kind of follow the outline throughout the episode to make sure that the key points get hit on that we want to get hit.
0: Try to make it professional.
1: Trying to make it as professional and information loaded as possible for the listeners, but, but today... You-
0: but today you have not given me an outline.
1: You do not have an outline.
0: All right. So I'm I am improvising. Yes. In the dark.
1: Because today we're talking about sales interview questions. All right. Specifically, we're talking about the 10 most common sales interview questions that you should always be prepared to answer.
0: Wow. But here I am not prepared. We're going to be. Okay.
1: You shouldn't need preparation.
0: I hope not. I probably answered these at some point in my career. That's what I'm going
1: to say. You've either answered or asked all of these and looked for the right answer.
0: Right. Okay. So
1: I'm kind of interviewing you today. All right. Which I think is going to be fun. But what I think is so interesting about sales interviews is that more than any other industry, I feel like it is almost a test run for the job because you are really selling yourself to the interviewer who knows that you are going to in turn sell yourself to the clients. So you have to be on.
0: Yeah, I I agree with that 100%. And it's also probably one of the only professions, too, that if they ask you why you're there, you can say money. Oh, sure. (laughs) You know, I think every other profession wants to have some kind of altruistic view to it. I agree. um, You know, or be there for the good of the company or whatever it might be. Make a
1: difference in some way. But in sales, Uh they
0: know if you say money, they know you're motivated, and that's the way you're going to help the company out.
1: But I also think that sometimes, because it is so personality heavy that salespeople tend to not prepare as much as they could I could see that so I think this is going to be a great episode to talk about preparation take these 10 questions and if you've got three interviews over the next two weeks you need to make sure that you can answer these 10 questions within the paradigm of that interview you're going to
0: right so if you're out there it's a new year it's time for a new job this would probably be a good episode to go with for
1: sure So before we get started with the first question, I just want to repeat something that we say on almost an every episode basis, but that is do your research. Right. And when we're talking about prospecting, research comes in questions that you ask the prospect, it comes in doing your pre-meeting research, and the same is kind of true For this interview process, look at LinkedIn, look at Glassdoor, do a basic Google search, Facebook, look at all of their social media and figure out who they are so that you can answer these questions within the scope that fits into the culture that they're projecting.
0: No, and that goes back to exactly what you said earlier is, you know, this is just like a sale and, you know, treat it as such because mm-hmm. now this is a prospective job opportunity, not a prospective client, but a prospective job opportunity. Treat it that way. Do the research and then go sell yourself just like you would a client. Mm-hmm. And basically what you're doing is whatever manager... Or whoever you're going in to meet for the interview process, that's who you're selling. And the product that you're selling is yourself.
1: And then on the other side of that, after you get the job, the product you're selling is whatever your company sells. But it's still the same process. There needs to be some research done. So uh, make sure that you read that job description so you can incorporate those into, you know, your strengths and stuff like that. And make sure, like I said, Glassdoor, Facebook, Google search, LinkedIn, all of that. Go try to get a feel for the company, the company's mission statement, goals, and all of that stuff. Just try to be as educated as possible on that company. And I tried to organize these questions in what. What I think would be the logical progression of a sales interview. All right.
0: You're the sales manager. Have at it. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. Tell me a little bit about yourself. What exactly would you like to know?
1: Oh, just tell me a little bit about who you are and how you got into sales and and how it just fits into your life.
0: A little bit about how I got into sales um, was a great story. I actually had a girlfriend in college that got me into sales. I had gone to a packaging place for a job. I'm extremely goal-oriented, so one of the things that I always wanted to do is find the job that was going to make me the most money. And so I ended up at a UPS type store, not UPS itself, but very hot, very strenuous, very physical work, and actually got the job. So I was going to be making $10 an hour back in 1992, which was pretty good money back then, but not looking forward to the work. So I called my girlfriend at the time, was very excited about getting the job, and she mentioned that I should go talk to some folks where her dad bought suits. So literally on the way home, I dropped in and got another job selling suits, and that was my first sales job, and I haven't looked back. I um, really enjoy the process of sales. I think you know a big thing about me is I have a genuine fascination with people's stories and I truly enjoy listening to what's going on and what people have to say and have just progressed through the years. Um, I have two boys now, one in college and one who is 15, so they're getting a little expensive, and uh, sales affords me the opportunity to pay for a lot of things for them, so I enjoy doing that. One of the things that brought me here today is I have been in sales for over 25 years. One of the things that I truly enjoy about sales is the opportunity to help people. In the business-to-business world, you can certainly help people reach their goals and things like that, but sometimes you're just kind of a cog in the wheel. Um, If you make the sale or don't make the sale, it's not going to really matter in the scheme of things as things progress, but once you start selling to the public, um, especially the products that we're talking about, you can really start to make a difference in people's lives, and that's one of the things I truly enjoy doing.
1: There you go. So I just wanted to include some notes, uh, kind of from my first impressions perspective. All right. So first of all, I think you did a good job on being concise, but not like rattling on. And you also brought it back to sales, which I think was great because they, I mean, obviously this person wants to see that you are a salesperson. Like it's part, it's part of the core of who you are. And so if that's when somebody says, tell me a little bit about yourself, and you start talking about how you're a salesperson. That's a good thing. First, I didn't off, talk about
0: my trophy wife, though.
1: You didn't. Your trophy wife noticed.
0: And believe me, she's expensive.
1: She is not expensive. <laughs> she's the saver.
0: She is the saver.
1: Anyway, so there's something called the primacy effect, which is basically list the characteristics that you want to be most remembered first. That's what you did. You went straight into sales. This is how I got my first sales job. This is why I like sales. Something else that you also did, which was great, was you included a story. And we, a few weeks ago, did a whole episode on storytelling. And basically, to sum up, Uh, 45-minute episode into four seconds, when you tell a story, the brains of the teller and the listener sync up, which creates an automatic rapport. So that was great. You told a story. That was awesome. Yeah, hopefully
0: the guy's going to remember me later on as, oh, there's the packaging guy. Exactly. He
1: fell into his first sales job, and here he is 30 years later. You included some interesting tidbits. I think that would pique the interviewer's interest. I, like I said, I thought it was great that you told the event that got you into sales. Uh, so those are just some highlights that I wanted to go over in terms of you listeners, when you're constructing your own response, take those tips and and apply them to how you would answer this question. And this is something that you should probably, if you're actively interviewing for sales jobs, you need to have this 30 to 45 second spiel down.
0: Yeah, you got to have your little elevator pitch down. And it's probably always going to be the first question. I was going to say,
1: this will probably be part of every interview. Okay, so the next one you kind of went into, but the next question is, Why do you want or why did you choose a sales career?
0: I don't think I chose sales. I think sales chose me.
1: Ooh, nice one. Go on.
0: (laughs) As we talked about before, I had just gotten a job and was able to get a sales job and thought, hey, you know what? It's going to be a lot better to be inside, talking to people, and just generally hanging out Mm -hmm. and making money as opposed to really working my ass off. So I think sales really chose me in that perspective, but one of the reasons I have continued in sales is the fact that I have gained a genuine fascination in people's stories. Everybody's got one. It just really intrigues me as far as how other people view the world, and then you start to learn about them, their families, their goals, and if you're really good And if you're really paying attention, you can help them achieve those goals.
1: There you go. I think this is a good example to point out that sometimes your answers to one question, they will bleed into the answers of another question, but you still have to make it interesting and not repeat yourself. And that's a good example because yours went into why you like sales and why you chose it as a career. And then that was the second question. And you still made it interesting. You made me laugh. Yeah, that was a great answer. Okay. You ready for the next one?
0: Ready. What are your weaknesses? All right. I'm going to do a commentary on this before um, You're going to I do get a into disclaimer. what my answer is. Yeah, disclaimer. Because everybody's going to say they work too much. Mm -hmm. Now that one, that one truly is me, but you'll see what I do is I'm going to be very specific in it because it truly is a weakness. What the interviewer is looking for, and I've asked people this question. So what the interviewer is looking for is if you truly know, if you're self-aware, so don't give some bullshit answer because I would call you out on it in a heartbeat. Yep. So ask me the question again.
1: What are your weaknesses?
0: Well, I really think I have two weaknesses when it comes to sales. The first one, is that I'm not as detail-oriented as I should be, but what I typically do is I find somebody within the organization, or even if I have to hire somebody with my own money to handle those details for me, I look for professions where I can make enough money to afford that or take advantage of it in the current organization. So I will find a solution to that as I progress in my sales career here. The second thing is I'm an absolute workaholic. I know you probably hear that answer quite a few times that I work too much and, oh, that's a weakness. But with me, it really is from the fact that I will kill myself to hit my goals. I'm extremely goal oriented and I will absolutely kill myself to hit my goals. But where the weakness part comes in is that you can start to miss things. If you don't take a break, if you don't recharge your batteries, Your performance starts to dwindle and I know as a manager I wouldn't want that and I know as a manager you definitely don't want that. I've got to be cognizant of working too hard and not smart enough.
1: Okay, that was great. I like in your disclaimer that you pointed out, the interviewer is, is looking for some modicum of self-reflection. Right. Um, we don't want this kind of like humble brag. I'm a perfectionist, blah, blah, blah.
0: Right. And whenever you read about that question, because everybody's going to answer to it, and it's like turn your weakness into an advantage. That's bullshit that might have been true 10 20 years ago
1: when people first started asking the question when people
0: first started asking the question and wanted them to see how you maneuver around it but people nowadays they truly want to know if you're self-aware and if you're self-aware enough to correct that weakness inside yourself
1: well and that, i think sales has just taken a more authentic turn in the past decade decade and a half and so yeah, they I want a more so authentic answer. Right. So something that I loved that you did with that answer was you said, this is my weakness and this is how I fix it. Right. That shows a willingness to, first of all, admit that you're not perfect. I mean, it's not like a sale is going to fall through and you're going to be like, well, it was the client's fault because they did this and they did this. I mean, you're willing to say, I'm not the best at details, but this is how I fix it. There's also one piece of advice that. You tell me, having been a sales manager for so long, I think it could apply. There is a piece of advice when you get asked this question is honest but unrelated. So if it's sales, sales is a very, you know, numbers, personality, not overly like creative. So maybe your weakness is on the creative side of things like marketing terms or, you know, something that's true but doesn't affect anything to do with the job.
0: I like that. And you might, depending on the interviewer, you might get away with that. Mm-hmm. It might be somewhat that they're looking for because it is honest, but I'd probably call you out on that one. Yeah. But I, I like the idea. I like the premise. If You get a feel for the interview and how it's going. Yeah, absolutely use that. And
1: so the flip side of that is if it's some kind of creative position, a design position, you say, I mean, I'm... I'm horrible with numbers. Right. You know, like I'm not a business person, so that I just leave that to the the person who's selling my designs, and then, you know, the flip side of that is... Anyway, point being, another strategy is honest yet unrelated. Agreed. Okay, next question. Similar to what are your weaknesses, the converse, what are your strengths?
0: My strengths. I think I have two primary strengths when it comes to sales. First is a genuine fascination with people and their stories. And the second is I pick up on things very quickly. So let's go back to having a fascination with people. Uh, I have a genuine fascination with people and their stories. I've traveled all over the country and to some foreign countries. And what I have found is that everybody has a story. Everybody has their own point of view. And everybody sees the world different depending on what their circumstances are. And it absolutely fascinates me. Because I think for the most part, if you don't travel, if you don't see those points of view that you can get caught up in your own little world and start to make judgments out of ignorance. I definitely don't want to do that. But having that fascination with people and their stories has allowed me through the years to build rapport with with prospective clients. And then I've had the opportunity to help them find out what their goals are. And then if my product or if my company was a fit, I've had the opportunity to help them achieve those goals. So that's first. The second thing is I pick up on things very quickly. I don't need a lot of training or hand-holding when it comes to the product. If you can show me the product, show me how it works, show me the sales process, I I can become an expert in it very quickly. So what that allows me to do is once that rapport is built with the customer, then I can become a true consultant to them and then walk them through the process of achieving their goals with our company or our product.
1: Yeah, that was a great answer. I love how you said at the beginning, these are my two biggest strengths and you went through them. Something else that I would I could add. I think your answer was fine, but something else that you could add which you don't have, but the job description it, to prep for this job interview, but if you did have a have a job description. I think it's good to have like you said two main strengths that are the strengths of you as a person that you take to every job. But based on that job description that that company has put out for the interview process, highlight a few of those, highlight how few of your strengths play into, and you don't have to say, well, based on the job description, my strength would be perfect for this. Weave it in subtly, but Base a lot of your answer on that job description.
0: Well, and that's where, you know, we've talked about picking up on things very quickly. But if it was, uh, say, for me personally, if it was a job interview with an electronics company or a computer company, I could say, well, another one of my strengths is my experience that I had back in the 90s with technology. And then get into that a little bit. Yeah,
1: So, yeah, tailor
0: it. Again, do your research and tailor it to whoever you're interviewing
1: with. Exactly. And then basically at the end, just kind of wrap it all up. 30,000 foot statement about how you're going to bring those strengths to this company. Okay, you ready for question number five? We're almost halfway through. Why do you want to leave your current company? Or why (laughs) did you leave your last company, depending on what your situation is?
0: You know, uh, this question, just be honest. Right now, I think we're pretty happy where we're at. So if asked that question, if I found myself in an interview situation, I think my answer would consist of, you know, I'm the type of guy Um, I told you before that I'm extremely goal-oriented, and so I continually set goals for myself, and I'm always looking over the horizon. So I saw that your company had a position to fill. It looked like an opportunity for me to expand what I was doing, expand my knowledge, and expand my income, and I wanted to come see if I was a fit for you guys. Simple as that.
1: Yeah, no, I think that's great. The one piece of advice is if you hate your company, don't say it. Don't shit talk your employer. Now, there is a dance that you can do with being honest.
0: Right. Well, and, and getting back into that is people ask me before why I left my last company. Mm-hmm. And the simple answer is, is they hired a sales manager that was a complete ass. Yes. Didn't like him. Our styles didn't mesh. And fortunately for us, it ended up being one of the best moves I've made in my career. Mm -hmm. Working for a great company now, great people, have a lot of fun with them. But if asked that question in a professional setting, my answer is going to be a little bit more subtle and a little bit more tailored. And what I mean by that is if I get asked that question, I'm going to tell you, and I'll highlight the positives. So I was working for a company. And honestly, the lady that hired me was absolutely wonderful. One of the best managers I've ever worked for, and she was. Unfortunately, she had to quit for some health reasons, and a gentleman came on board, and our styles just didn't mesh. Him and I just weren't a fit. We just weren't able to be on the same page and work together effectively.
1: See, and that's perfect. That's one of the tips that I was going to give is to name one, two, maybe three positive things about the company, which is what you did, the lady who hired you. She was great. You had a great time. But I, we just cannot emphasize this enough. Don't just sit there and shit talk your past employer because 62% of hiring professionals question a candidate's professionalism and attitude if they shit talk a past employer. So basically, stay positive. If you can name a few positive things about your current or most previous position, go for it. And then just point out what a great opportunity this company is that you're looking to work for. Like you were talking about, kind of showcase that motivation to advance. Um, Show that you are goal-oriented in nature. And just make it a positive statement instead of just sitting there and, and saying negative things about somebody that is essentially colleagues with the person you're talking to. Agreed. Okay, question number six. Moving on. Where do you see yourself in five years?
0: In your job.
1: Would you actually say that?
0: (laughs) Well, again, that's kind of the whole cliche. You know, what you want to do is you definitely want to have an answer for that. You want to show them that you're goal-oriented. You want to show them what you want to accomplish. And you want to show them that you want to perform in order to move up into the organization. So my answer would be as follows. Ask me the question again.
1: Where do you see yourself in five years?
0: You know what? That's a great question. And really, to answer that question, I need to ask you the same question where do you see yourself in five years? Because what Ooh, I'd like to do
1: damn.
0: is perform in a that fashion that's going to help you accomplish your goals.
1: <gasps> Shit, babe. That's good.
0: Right? That's good. So you, again, if you've done your research, you want to elaborate on that a little bit yeah. more, definitely do that. But that's the thing is they, they want to know that you want to perform, and the best way that you can do that is do a kick-ass job for your manager mm-hmm. and then help him accomplish his goals. He's going to love you for that.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, nothing says, hire me, like, how can I help you succeed?
0: Right. But so, and if you're helping them succeed, then they're going to bring you up the ladder with Yeah,
1: them. exactly. So, I think that was great. And like you said, at this point, you should have been doing your research so you can elaborate on how you're going to do that. So, how are you going to do that? I think it's it's great if you can frame it within a plan to show them that you do have a plan you have an idea of where you want to go you're not just like you're not feeling this current jumps you're just looking for something else like you have a current plan that involves this specific company and how you're going to achieve your goals and keep in mind are you going to pursue any more education continuing education additional training or certification like if any of that is applicable make sure that you pointed out that you're willing to put that work in and that you're planning on putting that work in.
0: Right. And if you've done your research, you may find out that that particular company has training programs, has free education or education reimbursement. Yeah, And so let them know that you're planning to take advantage of that in order for them to help them hit their goals. Mm -hmm. So frame that answer in the fact that you want to help the immediate manager hit his goals and in turn help the company overall hit theirs. Like you said, I think it's great to have a plan to back that up.
1: All right, next one. Ready? Why do you want this job?
0: So I think what you have to do is you've done your research on the front end with this. And so be very specific. If it's a traveling job, tell them that you like to travel. Don't hide that. If it's a office job on the phone, highlight that you like to be at home. You like to be part of your kids' activities. So what you need to do is take the demands of the job and make them strengths of why you want that job. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. If it's commission driven, then tell them you like working on straight commission because there's no limit and that you know that you can perform and get the job done. There's a lot of different answers to that, but find out what the demands of that job are by doing your research And then tailor your answer to the demands of that job.
1: So, this is where all of that research comes in. I mean, you should have, like I said, looked on several sources like LinkedIn, a general Google search, maybe seen some of their company reports and stuff like that. But, talk about the things that you liked that you came across in your research. Also, incorporate the actual job description in there. Like, I mean, if cold calling is part of the job description, you need to talk about how much you you like prospecting.
0: I just never have gotten the opportunity to cold call like I want to.
1: I used to prank call people all the time when I was younger.
0: Actually, you can say that, but make sure and laugh afterwards because the interviewer is going to laugh if you say that.
1: Right, exactly. (laughs) Basically, like you talked about the job description. Also, something about the overall company. Do you like their mission statement? Do they have a good reputation for for uh, having a good company culture? Do they have a good reputation for customer service? And that's really where you like to shine.
0: Right. If you're interviewing at Google, talk about all the perks that you've exactly. got. Exactly. If you know that they're going to have stock options, you mm-hmm. know, talk about that and uh, securing your future. Talk about the opportunity that they're providing you.
1: Mm-hmm. Okay. Ready for the next one? Sure. What makes you a good salesperson?
0: All right. So I feel like what we're doing here is kind of duplicating a little bit The other question of what are your strengths? But if you're good and you've really thought about it, what you can do is create an advantage and combine those two questions. So what I would do is reflect on the two things that you talked about earlier when they asked you what your strengths are. So in my case, we talked about the ability, a genuine fascination with people and their stories and the ability to build rapport because of that. And then also we talked about my ability to pick up on things very quickly. So reiterate those two points and then add two or three more points to those. So I feel like what makes me a good salesperson, as we discussed before, are my strengths, you know, my ability to build rapport with people and having a genuine fascination with their stories. I also feel like I can pick up on things quickly, as we discussed before, along with my ability to manage people and manage situations. And then combine that with being very goal-oriented helps me achieve the goals set in front of me on a regular basis.
1: Basically, this is just, it's something that you don't need to prepare for with like research into the company, but it is, it's like we were talking about the first question, tell me a little bit about yourself. You need to be prepared for this. Right. Because that, what are your strengths question could easily be what's your biggest strength. And so you've just said one thing. And so now it's almost like a follow-up question. Tell me some more about yourself. So you need to have those things lined up in your pocket, ready to pull out. Are you good at developing rapport? Do you own the follow-up game? Is your ability to overcome objections like unparalleled? These are the things that you need to know about yourself and then sell as to why you're a good salesperson overall.
0: Agreed. And again, I think it's important though to recognize the fact that you've been asked that question before. I know as an interviewer in the past, that would impress me that you understand that I'm asking the question in just a little bit different way. That shows that when you're in a sales situation and customers are objecting, they may, it may be the same objection. It might just be in a little di- bit different way. So yeah, but it's you've got to
1: handle it with tact.
0: Exactly. It's subtle, but it would be impressive. An impressive way to start the answer to that question.
1: Yeah. Okay, number nine. This is my least favorite. Sell me this pen.
0: <laughs> sell me this pen. This one drives me crazy. I mean, I love the question, don't get me wrong, but how people handle it yes. drives me nuts. We've all seen The Wolf of Wall Street, and if you're a salesperson and haven't seen The Wolf of Wall Street, go out and rent it tonight, watch it, and enjoy it, because if you're a salesperson, you'll enjoy it. But sell me this pen. The first thing I would do is ask a question. Why do you need a pen? To write. To write. All right, so you write quite a bit in your, in your current job? Yes. Tell me more about that. What do you have to write on on a regular basis?
1: Uh, I just take a lot of notes.
0: All right. So take a lot of notes. So is it something that you write for very long periods of time or do you write several times a day in short periods? Short
1: periods. Several times a day.
0: Short periods of time. All right. And what do you find most difficult about taking notes?
1: Uh, when the ball of the pen doesn't flow and I have to write a letter like three times before it actually sticks on the paper.
0: Write a letter three times before it sticks on paper. And then anything else? I mean, does your hand cramp? It, you know, do you get frustrated? Do you, do you lose a pen occasionally?
1: My hand doesn't cramp because I'm writing. I'm not writing for long periods of time. Um, I do lose pens a lot because I'm writing in different places at all times.
0: Writing different places at all times. All right. So what I would do is this. We have several different pens at our company. What I'm hearing you say is that you take notes. You take a lot of notes, but for short periods of time, you get a little frustrated because the ink doesn't flow correctly and you lose pens. Is that, mm-hmm. is that what I'm hearing you say? Yes. All right. So I think what we can do is this. We can go with our XYZ model. Which, with our patented technology, the ink will flow instantly. You don't have to worry about that. You don't ever have to worry about the ink stopping up. And it's always going to be ready to go when you're, when you're ready to take notes. Now, what we can do is we have two models of our XYZ pen. And one's a little bit more expensive. And one, we have a very economical model. I think we can solve your problem of losing pens one of two ways. We can get you several of our inexpensive models. And you can put them in different places and you can always have one at the ready and you're ready to take notes and there's always a pen right there but what i have found and this might be the better solution for you is the more you pay for an object the less likely you are to lose it because you want to keep track of it because it has a certain value to you that's why me personally i carry a Mont Blanc pen it's a hundred and eighty dollar pen you can bet your ass that i'm not going to lose that pen i'm always going to have it with me so i think for you what we need to do mr customer is we need to or get Mrs. you... Mrs. Customer. Or Mrs. I think what we need to do for you, Mrs. Customer, is get you the premium model of our XYZ. It's going to be great. It's going to feel great in your hand. And I think because you paid a little bit extra for it, you're going to make sure you know where it is at all times. How does that sound? Great. Sold you the pen. The big thing is... Don't jump in and start selling the interviewer, the pen right there. Start to ask questions. Mm -hmm. Showing that you know what question-based selling is all about and showing that you can be a consultant instead of just a features and benefit dump.
1: Exactly. That's what I was going to say. You need to do needs analysis and don't feature dump.
0: And upsell them if you get the opportunity like I did.
1: Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Okay, last question. Number 10, do you have any questions for me?
0: At this point, this is an opportunity to showcase The research that you've done. Mm -hmm. And what you're going to find sometimes in an interview is some interviewers don't know how to interview people and they are going to sit there and tell you all about the company yeah, and they're going to sell the company to you. Just make sure you've done your research. If they haven't answered any questions, whether it might be about how things go on a daily basis, probably one of the first questions I would ask somebody is, tell me a little bit about what my day looks like on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. You know, tell me about the benefits package. Tell me what's going to be required of me on a daily basis. Start to paint the picture from there.
1: Basically, the answer to this question is yes. Like you said, it depends on the job description and the research that you did on the specific questions, but I do have just a list of, I don't know, probably like eight questions that is pretty applicable to most situations. I like the one you said about what's my typical day look like. Let's talk about the benefits package. Another one, what metrics do you use to measure
0: success? That should probably be your first one.
1: Yes. In what ways could a new hire really wow you and the management team? What is the company's five-year goal? Why do you like working here? What are the quotas for this position? How many people meet those quotas? What quality do you value most in the people that you lead? What methods do you use to motivate your sales staff? Do you see anything on my resume that concerns you? So those are some questions that I think, not all of them, you don't have to do like a secondary interview for the interviewer, but... Take a few of those questions to show that you want to know more, too.
0: That resume question, it's an interesting one to me. Why? Well, I like it a lot, and then I hate it a lot. (laughs) Why? Because I think the one reason I love it is the fact that if you do have a thorough interviewer and he's kind of read your resume kind of from cover to cover, if he does have a, a specific concern, it gives you the opportunity to address it. Yeah. If he's like most people, he's probably had 50 resumes put in front of him, or she is. If she's like most people, she's had 50 resumes put in front of her. She's probably skimmed it, and you may end up causing her to take a closer look at that resume and cause a concern that might not have been there in the first place.
1: I, I so, think the that dense...
0: Double-edged sword there.
1: Probably less likely. I think the negative is less likely than the positive.
0: Yeah. Like I said, I, I mean, I, I really mm-hmm. like what I like about it, and I really don't like what I don't like about it. So, anyway.
1: Okay, so those are the 10 questions that you need to have prepared for every job interview that you go into, but these are not specific questions, obviously, because these are general. Um, You're probably going to be asked these, like for most of them we talked about, you're going to need to insert the specific research that you did, but I just wanted to give one quick piece of advice. When you get those strange questions I was in an interview one time for a sales job and he said if you were a piece of fruit what fruit would you be it's a dumbass question it means absolutely nothing, but it's questions like these that you can't let throw off your game. So my one piece of advice would be take one beat to think about it and then just answer confidently, you know, explain your reasoning, but don't at the, this is probably going to come at the very end. Some strange, stupid question would come at the end and do don't let all of your preparation go down the drain by kind of fumbling through, well, I I don't know, uh, an orange because I'm from Florida, I guess. I mean, say an orange. I'm from Florida. I'm delicious. Something funny or something, just say it with confidence because there's, I tr- guarantee you they don't have a sheet in front of them that says, if they say orange, they're not a good fit. If they say apple, then that means they have this personality. Like, they're, they don't have that. They're just looking to see how you answer the question, not specifically what you say in your answer.
0: Right. No, I, I agree 100%. And also, what you're going to find more and more nowadays, too, and we didn't even get into my favorite, my favorite interview question. What? If you were to stack them on end.
1: See, that's a dumb interview question.
0: That's a great interview question. It's dumb. It's great. Because I'm not looking for the answer. I'm not looking for the right answer. It goes back to what you just talked about. So be prepared for a question because a lot of people ask this. Um, Google's famous for questions like this, strategy questions and thought-provoking questions. As far as, you know, one of my favorite interview questions is if you were to stack quarters on end, how many would it take to get to the top of the Empire State Building? And you're you're not looking for the right answer. What you're wanting is is the interviewee to look at you and go, well, I think a quarter is about a half inch high. So it's going to take roughly 24 quarters to equal a foot. Uh, the Empire State Building, I think, might be 1,100 feet tall. And so 1,100 times 24, you know, maybe somewhere in the neighborhood of 24,000. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for a thought process. You're not mm-hmm. looking for the right answer. But what you're looking for is somebody's ability to, to think their way through solving a problem. Yeah. Don't let that throw you off. Start walking yourself through the process of solving the problem of the question that they asked you.
1: Yes, exactly. And whatever you do, say the answer with confidence. Sure. And not with cockiness, but just with confidence. Just don't do that whole like dragging out the end of a sentence. I don't know, um, I guess 14,000? Right. Don't raise the intonation. Don't drag it out. Say it with confidence. And if you need to explain your reasoning, do it.
0: Right. But, and don't just guess. Illustrate your thought process. Yes. Because that's what they're looking for you to do. And if you want to play a little bit of a dangerous game, if you're really confident, you know, if somebody asks you, what kind of fruit would you be? You can always answer with a question. What are you really asking me? And see where they go from there.
1: I. That's a... Uh...
0: Like I said you risky. gotta be. It's risky. You gotta be pretty confident. You gotta be pretty confident in where you're gonna go with it. But yeah, you can always use that as a as an answer.
1: Okay, so we've gone over the ten most common sales interview questions. We've gone over how to answer dumb questions. I've got I think four real quick tips on interviews in general because I have covered this on my first impressions blog. The first one, which we've said a hundred times already in this episode, practice. These questions are. All but guaranteed to be asked. So you got to do your research before the interview. Don't just submit your resume, receive a call, and go in unprepared. Right. That's a waste of everybody's time.
0: Absolutely. Because what's going to happen is somebody else is going to have done their research exactly. and they're going to kick your ass.
1: Exactly. Tip number two storytelling. Like I went over in the first question, storytelling is a great way to develop rapport because it literally syncs up the brain of the storyteller and the listener. Um, For more information on how storytelling really is basically a sales hack slash life hack, honestly, go back and listen to our storytelling episode from a few weeks ago. Number three, expressivity. So there is something called the expressivity halo that... If you study anything about first impressions, you've read about it. But basically, our brains favor people who are expressive. And that's because our brains don't like uncertainty. And so when we are with somebody who's very expressive, even if it's negatively expressive, we know what they're feeling. We know where we stand, we know their opinions, and we like that better than somebody who's stone-faced and we have no idea how they feel about us. So consequently, we don't know how we feel about them. The brain favors people who are very expressive. Last tip, mirroring. And we've done an entire episode on this before. We did a kind of, we called it a stripped down episode on mirroring. It's one of your top five sales techniques. But essentially, we mirror people that we like. And this is on a subconscious level. So if you do some people watching and you... Uh, see people who have good rapport they mirror each other maybe they'll take a drink at the same time maybe they'll both end up with their legs crossed or they'll both end up with the same posture or something like that but subconsciously we mirror people that we like because we like them and so we're trying to be like them so if we reverse engineer that process and we subtly mimic the behaviors of people that we are trying to get to like us their brains telling us this person's like me and so they start to like you a lot sooner. Just one study I want to point out real quick. It was a study with participants who were asked certain questions and the, the questions were irrelevant. It was the interviewer was either mirroring or not mirroring them. And at the, end, at the end of the interview, the interviewer accidentally knocked over some pins, accidentally being in air quotes because it was supposed to happen. And the participants who were mirrored were two to three times more likely to help that interviewer pick up the pens. So mirroring is huge when it comes to very subtly developing a rapport.
0: No, absolutely. And I think in short, the biggest thing is make this a sales process. You know, it's basically the opportunity to sell your favorite product. That's yourself. That's yourself. Once again, thanks for checking in with a naked sales guy. If you want to reach out and if you have any questions, comments, you can always reach us at naked salesguy at gmail.com.
1: Yes, and if you're listening on iTunes, go ahead and slap a five star rating on, uh, do a review, check us out on Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest. And our website has all of our blogs and all of our episodes. Let's make 2018 a good year.
0: Have a naked year. Oh my gosh. Wow, I was trying to be different.
1: Well, it was different
0: as a naked sales guy no I mean I get it
1: I just don't know if it like makes sense let's how about let's strip away the bullshit in 2018 yeah
0: so in 2018 let's continue to strip away the bullshit and if you can't do that strip away your clothes oh my
1: gosh I just ended here it's not going to get any better